This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. Today is Friday, April 21st, and I'm Tony Vernetti, the president and founder of Feds Protection. Uh, Feds is a company that provides professional liability insurance to federal employees. Uh, and if you don't know what professional liability insurance uh, is or, or means, you are you have tuned in to the right place because this is going to be the first of a two-part series that we are doing here at Fed Talk on professional liability insurance uh, for federal employees. Uh, in this part, we will sort of be setting the stage uh, and talking about what I call the trifecta of legal risks for, for federal employees, and then kind of get into the more the, the nuts and bolts of a liability insurance policy. And then for the next show in two weeks, we will, we're delighted to have the attorneys from Shaw, Bransford, and Roth who do the bulk of the work defending federal officials under the Feds program on to to talk about real world case examples. So you're not, you're definitely are not gonna wanna uh, miss that. So let's jump right into it. Let's get started. Um, and to assist me with my discussion today, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit um, in, the, in the 20 or so years of doing this show. I've invited um, my current marketing director for the Feds program, Eric Imprem, the co-host with me. Eric is the one with kind of like boots on the ground, if you will in the federal community who's hearing, you know, what federal employees are most concerned about. He's also a former journalist. Um, so I thought he'd be a, an excellent um, candidate to sort of help me help me carry the, the water today. I want to remind everybody that Fed Talk is brought to you by Shaw, Bransford & Roth, PC, a federal employment law firm, bringing you the insider's perspective from leaders in the federal community since uh, 1993. Eric. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony, for having me. It's great to be here. So I said a little bit about you, but I know we've known each other um, for years, even before coming to work for me for Feds. Why don't you just introduce yourself to the to our our listeners here? Absolutely. Just once again, it's a it's an honor to be here, uh, being new to the program, but not new to federal service. Uh, I started once again in J school and was able to work my way up the chain at an insurance company and then went from sales to coaching, and then I moved clear from Arizona all the way to Washington, D.C. Not, not just any insurance company, Geico insurance company. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, with great accent and everything. And it, it was a great opportunity. And when I was able to move all the way out to D.C., I was fortunate enough to lead the federal program. And that's why I was happy to, to meet you and get to know how to serve federal employees. Great, great. Um, so... You know, before we kind of jump into, um, you know, what I'm going to call the, the nuts and bolts of the um, of the liability insurance, you know, just a little bit about myself. Actually, I'm a, you know, I'm a former federal employee myself. I worked for many years at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Um, worked at um, my old law firm where I defended federal officials on a similar liability insurance program. So, you know. I founded Fed 16 years ago on this platform of education, um, you know, and that is you know more important today than ever, um, which is why I'm so grateful, kind of, to have this this platform, this medium, you know, today. Um, I don't do a show like this, you know, very often, um, you know. So we're we're trying to not make it like an infomercial, but I just think this information is, you know, is very important um, to get out there because that's sort of why I started Feds is you know the cost of effective legal representation is just so cost prohibitive um that if folks knew that this insurance was out there and available to them um 
you know, they would they would never really be at risk. Um, so, you know, this platform of education is just something that's, you know, it's always been so important to me. I always say I didn't leave a very successful law practice to be an insurance agent. We're really trying to run a program um, that does that does right by, by federal employees. Um, you know, and it's been a, a program that's sort of been at the center of almost every major, you know, event impacting federal employees, you know, from, from Waco, Ruby Ridge, 9-11, the wars, torture investigations, wildland fires, the scandals involving GSA, IRS, ATF, the VA, more recently, the, the impeachment proceedings, you know, this kind of, you know, insurance is you know kind of you know been there you know every every step of the way to to assist federal employees this is one of the things i really appreciate about you tony though is when i first met you in 2010 Beth was getting off the ground and picking up steam and you've always had a heart for the federal community one of the things i would love to be able to know and this is one of the things that i hope a lot of the listeners who may not know this about you is just how long were you practicing law before starting feds uh. So, you know, I just dates myself, but I, um, since we just talked about, you know, with our producer, Andrew, um, about when I had my first cell phone number, it's the same number in 1995, you know, when I, when I got out of law school, I've been working, um, you know, with, you know, with federal employees and, in, in, in some, you know, in, in, in some capacity, um, the, the question I get a lot you know, ask is, is why, you know, you know, why does somebody need it? Um, or why don't they have it? You know, the, the sort of, why don't they have it? And which, which ties into sort of my passion and starting the company to educate federal employees is because the feds are dedicated civil servants. Okay. Um, they are coming to work every day and, and doing their job. You know, they are, they are serving, you know, the, the, the federal, the federal purpose, you know, they didn't get up, you know, and go to work today thinking they're going to do something wrong. So sure. we're kind of, you know, communicating to you know, some sort of you know, complacency, you know, and, and, and different things like that and trying to sort of, you know, convince them um, that buying this insurance is not sort of you envisioning, you know, that, that you're, you know, going to do something wrong. And I know that we're later in the show, we're going to, you know, we're going to get into, you know, some particular, you know, examples, um, you know, and we'll, and we'll talk about that as those and say, where it's like, you know, there by the, you know, grace of God, you know, goes me, but you look, I mean, what I tell people is like, you can buy the insurance, your, your whole career, never use it just have peace of mind. Um, you, it's really inexpensive. You probably spent five or $6,000. Um, it's not going to change your standard of living when you retire. Um, but if you get caught having to hire an attorney, um, you don't have to spend 50, a hundred, $200,000 of your hard earned money. Um, you know, that is potentially going to change your, your standard of living, you know? So, you know, so that's, you know, kind of, you know, what we do, you know, to try to, you know, communicate you know, to the, you know, to the federal employees, you know, out there, um, you know, and, and we do, we go through, you know, a lot of those, those examples and, and we'll, we'll kind of um, do that. Um, but I'm going to stop here for our first break. Um, you're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about professional liability insurance. And we're going to kind of get into the really, Eric, the nuts and bolts a little bit going to be a little more legalese, you know, and just run through it a little bit pretty fast what, what the policy provides and covers. Um, but now this from our sponsor. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We are talking about professional exposures of federal employees. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Vernetti of Feds Protection. So Tony, with most of our conversation and most of our talks, and once again, being that boot on the ground, it seems like professional liability insurance is this diamond in the rough of protection for federal employees across the country. 
while I've been talking to people at conferences and training seminars, there seems to be a growing trend of either people who are new to federal service and don't know a lot about professional liability insurance, or people who are tenured and think that because of their exemplary professional service, that there's something in place to defend them. What are your thoughts on that? And maybe what are the opportunities of different agencies to, to take advantage of this of this diamond? So, I mean, one of the, the things I point to just because it was it's been you know more recent were the the impeachment proceedings. Um, and you know, not the more recent one, but the one involving um, you know, Ukraine, you know, because you had all these foreign service um officers um having to testify, you know, and you know, those that had liability insurance were, you know, were pretty um happy that they were able to get um you know counsel um and get you know and those that didn't really really had a really had a scramble you know and, and and find people you know so it's you know any sort of big thing that you see you know out there in the you know in 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 the federal community anything so if you think back atf where the guns walking to mexico you know the scandals you know the va you know the the IRS, you know, the, the impeachment, you know, the, at the IRS, the, you know, the, the, the lowest learner, the Tea Party scandal, you know, the GSA parties, the, you know, wildland fires, you know, anything getting any significant press, you know, in the, you know, in the federal, you know, workforce, you know, you're going to, you know, the liability insurance is going to sort of be there you know, providing, providing coverage. The, the real core people that need it um, are your federal managers and executives, the ones that are making decisions um, every day, your intelligence agency personnel, your federal law, force, law enforcement officers. Those are the ones, you know, sticking with everything with boots on the ground, people that are putting, putting hands, um, you know, on people. And conversely, those are also the people. So this this kind of insurance is also an employee benefit because the federal government pays up to one half of the cost um, for all managers, executives and federal law enforcement officers. So, you know, I loved I like to emphasize whenever I'm talking about the insurance um, at all, I, I like to emphasize that point because that's that's Congress saying. Like we realize that you can be held liable, you know, that you can have a job action against you for something, you know, that arises out of your professional responsibilities. Um, and that's them acknowledging that and saying they want to share the burden of the cost with you. They want you to get this insurance because they want you to be protected. They want you to have, you know, peace of mind. So that's an employee benefit. You you really ought to be ought to be taken, you know, advantage of. You know, I often liken it to, you know, the 3% match that you get with your thrift savings plan, the 401k, that the federal government has. You you definitely wouldn't leave that free money on the table. So you you don't want to sort of, you know, leave this benefit um, on the table. Um, you know, anybody, you know, making decisions that affect public policy, you know, and, you know, regulate products, entities, you know, federal veterinarians, for example, you know, are, are big, you know, buyer of, of, of the policy, you know, SC, you know, SC, you know, you know, the, at the Securities Exchange Commission, you know, you know, anybody providing medical or financial services, you know, anybody doing something significant, you know, either within their agency or something that's affecting, you know, the public interest are, are basically people that are, that are going to buy, buy the insurance. So when we started the, 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 the the radio showed that you know in the beginning i talked about the trifecta of legal risk yeah. okay um and so it's a trifecta means three right <laughs> so, so and, and you know we're not talking about horse racing um so you know there are three basic and and, and you know i want to quickly kind of go through this because it, it, it may just seem a little a little dull and boring to, to somebody listening but it is you do need to understand this because this is sort of the whole enchilada um um, you want to think of your professional exposures in three categories and conversely, the, the insurance protects you in these, in these three categories. Um, so the first one is civil lawsuits. Um, this is when you're sued and that's what 
most people think about insurance, you know, is, is liability and getting sued personally, personally. And I'll talk about what that means here in a second. Um, the second is, you know, what's called administrative and disciplinary matters. Um, federal employees, you know, because they have a due process right in their job, they have due process um, when somebody wants to take a, a job action against them. Um, you and I are at will employees, so we can be fired for a good reason, bad reason, or no reason at all. Right. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, and unfortunately. I got poor performance on a radio show. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but federal employees get due process, so we provide coverage for that. And I'll talk in a little bit more about, you know, the essence of, of, of what that means. And then finally, they're vulnerable to, to criminal investigations. Um, and whenever I talk about criminal investigations, everyone sorts of sorts of gloss over a bit. Um, but what I tell people is there's very little you can do wrong in the federal government and not also have it be a violation of Title 18, which is the which is a criminal code. Um, you know, there are plenty of crimes in there, you know, that don't have intent as a as a prerequisite um, to to prove them. So let me just sort of jump into the civil lawsuit piece of it um, a little bit, because, you know, people tend to believe, look, if I'm sued, you know, for, for doing my job, um, I should be fully covered, you know, by the federal government. Well, that's not necessarily true. Hmm. Um, you don't have absolute immunity for what's called personal capacity lawsuits or constitutional torts. Um, these are called Bivens actions. Bivens is a Supreme Court case from the from the early 1970s um, involving the precursor to the DEA where they went into a Brooklyn row house and arrested the wrong person and then paraded him up and down the street in front of the neighbors and he sued the, the DEA um, and it was an activist Supreme Court back then and they created this what's called a you know, a judicial tort, a judicially derived remedy. And that's what started all this professional liability um, for federal employees. So, so like, this is not law school, you know, I don't want to put people to sleep, but what I want you to know is that you can be sued and you can be held personally liable. You do not have absolute immunity for these personal capacity lawsuits. Even under the Federal Tort Claims Act? Like you do under Federal Tort Claims Act. This is a personal capacity lawsuit um, that falls outside of that. Um, you you do have qualified immunity, not absolute immunity, and qualified immunity is still pretty darn good. But the other piece of the civil lawsuit um, part of this is that what's the first thing you want to know? You know, when you get sued, is who's 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 defending me? Who's, who's representing who's me? Back? Right? Where's my who's my lawyer? Where's my lawyer? And and a lot of federal employees are surprised to learn that DOJ representation is not automatic it's not mandatory okay it's a two-part test you know is it in the interest of the you know first of all are you operating within the scope of your employment mm -hmm. are you doing your job right and then is it in the interest of the united states to provide representation and people will say to me hey tony what does that mean i was just in the united states, united states. and you know what and i and i jokingly say and doj gives me gives me um crap for it but it's like it means it's whatever doj wants it to mean okay but in reality if you're being investigated for some sort of wrongdoing or misconduct for the very same reason that you're being sued hopefully you can see the department of justice is not going to want to be on on both sides of that um you know and we're in the middle of a lot of this stuff there were you know the riots in portland mm -hmm. um people had to put their hands um on the on the protesters um you know there are civil lawsuits there where, where rep has been denied um you know or, or they're pursuing you know administrative and, and criminal charges against against the you know the, the federal agents that had to had to respond to that and you know there are sort of a, a host of other other examples there. So so three things I want you to take away from the civil civil piece of it, right? Is you can be sued and you can be held liable, right? And DOJ can deny rep and you can be left having to, to go hire hire your own lawyer, you know, spend a lot of money hiring a lawyer to to hopefully, you know, get the get the case to 
you know, dismissed, and then you can be held liable. So even if Department of Justice is representing you and you lose the case, they lose the case, you it's still your pocketbook. You could still be held personally liable if your agency refuses to indemnify you. So to make sure that I understand, as well as a lot of the listeners, a personal liability insurance policy will not only allow you to have that counseling of what to do when you don't know what to do, but will also be able to pay the damages and attorney fees along the way. Yeah. So for so for a civil lawsuit, it really it really does three things, right? It provides the legal defense if DOJ is declining rep, okay, and then it pays damages if there is a judgment and there's a, a refusal to to indemnify, which is the same two-part test, scope of employment, interest, interest in the United States. We also have something that I just want to quickly mention here before I shift into the next coverage area. Um, but we have something called coverage counsel. Um, what does that mean? So yeah. we will, if it's a particular, you know, egregious case um, where we've got, you know, fatalities, dead bodies, um, something sensational, getting you know a lot of media attention. Um, you know the you know the nine eleven hearings, you know coronavirus hearings, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will maybe appoint coverage counsel to kind of just. I don't like to say oversee. We don't need to really oversee what Department of Justice is doing and defending you, but to kind of just be involved so that we can look out and protect for your interest. Um, the other kind of reason we would ever use coverage counsel is if Department of Justice is ever on the fence as to whether they will provide representation, um, we are, you know, we will appoint coverage counsel to, you know, hopefully, um, you know, get in there and convince Department of Justice that it is in the interest of the United States to provide representation. We're not always successful um, in that. Um, but we, we, you know, we like to try to talk to them about it, um, you know, and, and if nothing else, we learn why, right? And if we learn why they say it's not in the interest of the United States, we can always kind of sometimes be in a better position to defend, you know, that particular, that particular, um, you know, employee. And to be fair, I mean, I, I want to be fair. It's not the, the norm that, that there is personal liability, right? Or the Department of Justice is declining rep, right? It, it's the it's the norm that they do defend and that there is no liability. Um, but for what a cost, it you know, it's just why would you want to be one of the ones that slip, you know, that that slip through the, the cracks. So so even if you did do something wrong, it still is an institutional reason to want to defend the Department of Justice. So if you're a federal agent, you know, stuff's hitting the fan, you know, you have to act, you know, we, you know, you were trained to act and, and we as a, a society don't want you sitting there and thinking like, you know, there's this old saying in law enforcement, you're either going to be a hero or you're going to be a zero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we don't want them, you know, sitting there and saying, gee, should I go in here? Should I go in this burning building? Um, you know, or do I got to worry about my own personal liability? We need them to act on what they're trained on and worry about this stuff later. And part of all of that is that there will be representation. So it is the norm that you will get rep. Um, you know, as far as we are concerned, when we're talking about the you know the civil liability part of your vulnerabilities and the policy, um, we're gonna. So that's civil. We're going to talk about administrative um, here in a little bit, but we have to stop here for our second break. We'll continue our discussion after a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford & Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. 
Shaw, Brentford, and Roth. One team working all three branches. Judicial, legislative, executive. Judicial. SB&R employment attorneys offer specialized legal representation for federal managers. Legislative. Lobbyists in government and public affairs advocating for corporate clients. Executive. Produces two free weekly newsletters, Fed Manager and Fed Agent. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth is your one destination for all three branches of government. Online at shawbransford.com. SB&R. Client-focused. Results-driven. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Tony, you were talking originally about the administrative personal liability right. insurance as well. Right. I just wanted you to continue. Sure. Um, so we were we were going to talk about. I mean, so we talked about the civil. Um, the next two sort of coverage areas are uh, you know, administrative um, and criminal. So so administrative coverage is really the biggest bang for a buck for most federal employees. Okay. Um, you know, this is, you know, this is where often the policy really, you know, provides its true, true value. Um, and so this is, you know, any administrative matter. So what am I talking about? This is any office of inspector general investigation. Office of Special Counsel investigation, whistleblower retaliation investigation. Um, you know, people file complaints against you as a manager, employee, you know, law enforcement officer. You're trying to get a day's work from a day for a day's pay out of a problem employee, and they're filing complaints, you know, against you. You know, all that is is covered from like what I'd like to call from. Um, you know, from cradle, cradle to grave, right? From the start of the investigation up to, you know, the conclusion, um, any sort of um, disciplinary action um, that could result from that, we would defend, um, you know, both at the agency level um, and if you are entitled to any appeal outside of you know, outside of the agency for, say, to the Merit Citizens Protection Board, um, it would cover, you know, those appeals. It, it covers you if somebody files an EEO complaint against you. Um, and if you know insurance, you would call that employment practices liability insurance. So, you know, that is, um, you know, a, a huge piece of, of, the, of the what the policy provides. Um, EEO complaints, most people know. Um, you know, are basically always cases against the federal government. You can never be held personally liable, but you can be held professionally liable. And what does that mean? They can take a job action against you. Um, so we like to provide, you know, representation, um, you know, you know, at the earliest stages of the of the EEO complaint um, to make sure you get legal advice. Because while the agency lawyers are there to defend the case, um, their duty of loyalty is, is to the agency. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that your interests and their interests aren't aligned. Um, but, you know, we, we, you're definitely entitled to it. And we often want you to seek out, you know, your own, your own legal advice. So Tony, one of the things I was going to ask you, especially from conferences as well, is asking when is too early to call up uh, on your policy and have it enacted when it's too early and when it's too late. So I would say it's never too early <laughs> and like, like all, you know, insurance is, is you're not bothering us. Um, um, because you can wait until it's too late. It could be too late, you know, for two reasons. So, so first of all, if it's going to be a covered matter, my advice to you would be the same advice, you know, I've given you know, throughout my entire legal career, both in the government, outside the government, is the closer you can have your lawyer to the problem, the better off you always are going to be. Uh, okay, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, mean success in dealing with the situation. But the closer that you can be getting your legal advice to the problem, you're always, you know, you're always better off. So the closer I catch wind of some sort of allegations towards me, right. I should go ahead and. Call and if it's premature, we would tell you it's premature. But the other reason is is if, you know, these policies are what's called claims made policies. So you need to file your claim within the, the policy period. So if you know about something and you don't file it timely, your claim can be denied. And those are heartbreaking, right? It's just, you know, when I talked about, I founded feds on a platform of education because it would break my heart to see these people 
you know, who couldn't afford the legal representation, it also kills me when they can't get the coverage, you know, because they haven't timely, they haven't timely filed a claim. I mean, I used to jokingly say when I was at my own law firm, I couldn't afford me. I would just go and get a, another job. Well, you, these federal officials don't have that luxury. Um, you know, you're a federal agent. You've given 18, 19, 20 years to this. You're, you know, you're an executive. You work in these positions. You just don't, you know, simply have that have that luxury. I do want to quickly mention, so for other professionals, like, like doctors in the federal government, this is essentially like your federal malpractice, if you will. Yeah. Um, lawyers, same thing. This is like your legal malpractice because it's, you know, other professionals, accountants, nurses, because um, it also covers you for, you know, like state bar, medical board bar, mm-hmm. you know, veterinarian board bar, per, you know, referrals to those things and investigations that could result in some sort of action against your, against your professional license. So it's a professional liability um, insurance policy. So, you know, it, it, it covers all that stuff. And I think this is a good point because I'm talking about um, professional liability insurance to talk a little bit about, you know, what's covered and what's not covered. So I jokingly say, you know, as long as you're doing your job, doesn't matter how bad you're doing your job, right? You're going to, you're going to be covered. So like you and I were talking, you know, earlier today about the, I forget his name, but the, Jack Teixeira, the, the, the national guardsman who is, you know, it's all about the news um, these past two days about, you know, allegedly leaking, documents, leaking yeah. documents and secrets and things like that. So that's a good illustration for me to explain what's covered and what's not covered. Mm-hmm. So would his act of unlawfully disclosing those documents mm-hmm. be something that is covered by a professional liability policy? And the answer is no, because that does not involve him you know, and it's beyond sort of the the illegality of it all. If it happened, you know, misconduct and things like that. That was not him. You know, rendering his guardsman duty. It was not him performing a professional service. So, like like a lawyer doing legal work, a doctor doing their medical work as a professional service. So he, you know, would not be covered. Who would be covered are people that put policies in place that allowed that breach to happen. We're hearing that all about the news. So if that is true and somebody gets investigated, DODIG or anything like that, mm-hmm. because of the policy they had in place about that, that would be covered. Or if you fail to provide proper security oversight, yeah. or if you gave him access, mistake, you made a mistake, an error or omission, those are, are you know, are, are are all things, you know, I, you know, I would say, you know, you, you know, are things that are, you know, involving your professional service are going to be covered. You know, an example I always give, you know, this is kind of just really funny. It was years ago, there was a bunch of secret service agents that were caught um, with um, prostitutes down in um, Colombia, big news story. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would ask me, like, is that, for, you know, they're not rendering a professional service when they're engaging um in that behavior or act you know but to put a fine point on it the prostitute is engaging in a professional service but they're just not they're just not our insured so that you know i mean mean, obviously it's kind of funny to say all that but that as far as whether you're rendering professional service that's what kind of you know resonates um you know resonates with with people and you were also bringing about a really good point about saying like you couldn't afford you so to the average person out there how much would somebody needing professional legal help cost per hour so that's a great question so what i what i would tell people um you know we're going to have the the lawyers you know part two of this segment we're going to have the lawyers from shaw bransford and roth on um you know and we can ask them that question but you will pay you know look the policy costs 290 dollars or 390 depending upon which limit you get Mm -hmm. and the agency pays for half of it you are going to pay two to three times as much to sit down with a lawyer for just one hour of legal services than your annual policy is, is going to cost. You know, so, you know, these things that we're talking about, um, you know, these these disciplinary actions, these civil suits, when we get to the, the criminal, you know, piece of it, um, 
I mean, you are talking 25,000, 50,000, you know, 100,000, 200,000. Um, I mean, that is not, you know, and, and up from there. I mean, that is just not, you know, unheard of lawyers that are, that are, that are, you know, that are, that are the best at doing and best at defending federal officials or charging four, five, six, seven hundred dollars, you know, and, you know, an hour, you know, you can sit there and, and do the math and see how, how that runs up. Which is again part of the reason I, I'm so passionate about this, and it's just because quality legal service is just so, so cost um, cost prohibitive. Um, so it really does come back down to peace of mind, of knowing that if it was going to be either a, a three hundred dollar, possibly four hundred dollar policy versus a second mortgage on a home to keep my livelihood for my family. It seems like it would be a no brainer. I see. I always, I so for you know, even before I I started this company sixteen years ago, and when I defended federal officials, and I I would think about that that subject. It's just like, you know, I used to struggle a lot with explaining to them all these examples that you see out there and, and why you would need coverage and how it could happen. But I read a, a you know, it was a it was an article in the Federal Times by. I think it was Mike Miles who used to write for the Senior Executives Association. Um, it was right for them. And it was about, he said, look, if you have any risk that you can insure away, mm-hmm. you should always do it if the cost to do so is relatively low, which this is, yep. even if the probability of you actually needing the insurance is is not great. You should always insure. You know, so, so it was sort of a financial um solution is kind of like how I, I kind of resonate with me. And I, you know, and I tried to, you know, I try to, you know, educate um, federal officials. Um, some like particular investigations, just because I, I have the floor, I want to just quickly mention um, inspector general investigations or something that's covered. Um, and that's, you know, pretty important because inspect IGs, um, most agencies have them. They are criminal investigators first. And just sitting down and talking to a IG investigator without getting legal advice is just something that um, you know you definitely you know don't ever you know want to do um, you know without getting legal advice. Um, and a lot of people are, are surprised to learn that you know the not every request to be interviewed by by the IG is a mandatory request is a is a what's called a compelled the request a lot of them are voluntary right and so what does voluntary mean is it means you can decline um and a lot of folks don't understand their rights um so consulting with a lawyer if you're ever the subject of an ig investigation is just you know that's my psa announcement here my public service announcement that you definitely sort of want to do because you never want to really sit down for a voluntary interview because that is a a waiver of of your fifth amendment right um and it's just something that you you never really want to do you want that interview to be compelled you want it to be you know you want to have to give them because that gives you it's funny what sounds worse compelled versus voluntary compelled sounds worse but it's better it's what you want because it gives you that use immunity that you you know that you need you know before you sit down and give testimony we're going to stop here for our final break. When we return, we'll wrap up the coverage areas, um, talk about criminal real quick. And then I know Eric's got a bunch of questions that he wants to ask me. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We're entering our last segment of the show. So you were originally talking about just the importance, the coverage, especially when it comes to IG. And I just wanted to clarify one quick thing is that, God forbid this happens, but the inspector general is gonna ask a federal employee, hey, can I step into your office? Or hey, could you stop down on Tuesday for a conversation? 
are you saying that a professional liability insurance policy will allow you to make a quick phone call and have counseling leading up to that investigation? Absolutely. Um, if the, the law is, if you're, if you are, you know, if somebody wants to, you know, if you, if you're being investigated for any sort of misconduct, um, if it's the IG, if it's a management investigation, office of professional responsibility, internal affairs, HR investigation, you are allowed to get legal advice before sitting down and being interviewed. Depending upon the kind of investigation is you may not be permitted to have a legal representative there, but you're at least allowed to, you know, to get the advice of a lawyer um, before you sit down. And it's, you know, it's, very important when again i keep i keep hounding on the ig because they'll do that they'll just show up they'll knock on the door and say hey we've got you know something minor here um you know we want to just clear it up real quick and again you're that dedicated civil servant that i talked about at the um at the start of the of the show you didn't do anything wrong you don't think you did anything wrong right you want you know you'll just sit down and talk to them and surely you can clear anything up not you know i mean i'm just <laughs> look when the weight of the federal government is on you if they put a magnifying glass on any one of us a microscope on any one of us i'm here to tell you none of us are perfect Absolutely. you know it's the old law enforcement trick is if you if i want to look in your car right i don't need to go get a warrant or anything like that i'll just follow you for a mile you'll commit some traffic violation and i'll and i'll pull you over so Look, there. When you have that kind of scope on you, if for no other reason you just want to understand understand your rights, um, it's funny. As you asked the question, it reminded me. I had this. I had an agent, Secret Service agent, that literally sat down. You would think the agents would know better. Sat down with the FBI for a voluntary interview at his home over some workers' comp fraud case that they're running in his bathrobe and just freely, you know, talked to him, you know, waving waving his rights. So. It's funny. It's like sometimes the ones that should know that are on the other side of the table, um, you know, don't know. don't follow the advice. So, so let me quickly get into the last coverage area, which is criminal investigations. Um, so we had civil, administrative, disciplinary, and now criminal. Um, again, I know nobody thinks they're going to violate the criminal law, but there's very little you can do wrong in the federal government, and not also have it be a violation of of, of Title 18. The criminal code there are plenty of, of crimes in there that don't require intent as a prerequisite um to to prove it you know conflict of interest statutes um 6103 allegations it's, that's unauthorized disclosure of tax information privacy data you know all all kinds of things um and like the like i said even if it's an administrative pure administrative matter the ig who's the criminal investigator for each agency likes to have their cake and eat it too you know sometimes will will really look look closely at it you know and then you know there's this office in every united states attorney's office called the office of public integrity and there's also one in main justice um and they make it a point to prosecute federal officials okay even if it's like really an administrative matter and you know we should let you know we, you know we can let the agency just deal with it on a misconduct way. They really make it a point to prosecute or go after federal officials because they want to set an example for the rest of the federal government, right? And federal officials should be held to the highest standard, right? Um, you know, one of you know the the highest standard. Um, you know, so that's you know why you know you could find yourself, you know, within you know within the within the scope of that. Um, you know, and then it, so that those are the three coverage areas, um, administrative and disciplinary, you have up to $200,000 of legal defense for that. And that will take you cradle to grave. Okay. The whole way you have for lawsuits, depending upon the civil coverage area, depending upon what limit you get, you know, the one, two or 3 million, you have the full amount for legal defense and to pay judgments. And then you have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of criminal coverage available um, for criminal allegations. So a hundred, and practically that's there to get what's called a declination of, uh, you know, of, of prosecution. So to convince the Department of Justice that they don't need to really, um, 
you know, prosecute you. They can let the agency kind of, you know, deal with it. Um, again, the cost, it's 290, 390 or 490, depending upon the limits you get. The government pays for half of it. Um, you know, again, you'll pay more um, for one hour with, um, you know, a, a, somebody qualified to provide legal advice for this stuff than you would for for your annual annual premium. Is there a deductible though? So, no, that's a good question. So there are some unique features of, you know, the feds program that I think are worth, um, you know, mentioning, mm -hmm. um, you know, one is there's no deductible, right? You get in a car accident, you got to file your homeowner's claim. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always worried about the deductible and is my insurance going up and things like that. Cool. That's not really how this, this insurance, um, works. Um, you know, you, you get, you know, there's no deductibles. You get what's called a free 36 month tail. You get free tail coverage when you leave government service or if you're retiring. So you can only buy the policy if you're a full or part-time federal employee. Okay. Those are the only ones that are eligible, you know, to get the policy. So when you leave government service, right, you may still be vulnerable for civil lawsuits. So we give you a free tail and that's a huge benefit for three years that will cover you for any civil matter that follows you into retirement or if you left to go to another, you go to another job. And, and those three years is a, is a standard, you know, statute of limitations for, you know, for any, any civil lawsuit. Um, worldwide coverage is included. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about the employment practices, liability stuff that's included. And all these things are included in the base policy with other programs out there. You, you have to pay, you have to pay extra. Okay. You have to pay extra for that. Or you got to get a different policy for worldwide employment practices. Um, we also provide, you know, two free half hour legal consultations uh, with the lawyer a year for things that aren't necessarily covered. So if you have questions, um, you know, they're a little bit of outside the scope, you know, of the coverage or, or pre complaint kind of stuff, you would, you would be able, you know, to have, to have access to a lawyer. Um, one of the things I just want to mention here, um, because it sets up it perfectly sets up the, the, you know, this is the first of a two part show. Um, we're going to bring the, the lawyers on from Shaw Branson and Roth next for the next show and talk about, um, the cases, you know, Shaw Bransford, you know, is the Cadillac law firm in this area that defends people. They're our primary panel counsel, um, that do work, you know, under the program. And, you know, when people ask me to compare our program to others, you know, there are two things, you know, I say, you know, number one is the quality of the legal services that you get um, from us. You're not going to get better legal service in town, you know, from any other firm like you're going to get from Shaw, Bransford and Roth. You know, when stuff hits, that's what it's all about. I'm sitting here talking about, you know, tail coverage and, and employment practices and you know, all these examples I'm throwing out there, but at the end of the day, you want to know who my lawyer is, right? Absolutely. And, and that's, what's super important. And, you know, that's also the reason all the leading federal employee associations endorse feds over all other providers. I'm talking about the federal law enforcement officers association, senior executives association, federal managers association, national association, United States attorneys, professional managers association, you know, national association of federal veterinarians. National Association, you know, you know, SSA managers, FAA, you know, I can go on and on and on, but it's really about two things. It's about the quality, mm -hmm. you know, the legal representation, you know, with our, with our team. And then it's our commitment and know-how, you know, it's really, you know, it's, it's, we know who you are. We are in your space, right? I'm a former federal employee. I am passionate about that. I assure you that all the employees that work at Feds Protection are the same. You know, it, you you can, after you listen to the show, you can, you know, hang up, give us a call at 866-955-FEDS. That's 955-3337. Or go to our website, call somebody. Somebody's going to answer the phone. You don't go into any phone, boat, phone bank. And you can ask them. Anybody who answers the phone, picks up the phone, can answer your question. You know, if you want access to me, they can set a call up, you know, with me. So it's really sort of our, what I call our commitment and know-how, you know, the way we, we process claims, we know who you are, you know, we're, 
were really in your space and that's um something that that really you know sets us sets us apart that's excellent though because you do want to make sure that somebody knows you through and through while you're going through a very difficult time yeah yeah you know and and look one of the things i i i just want to mention um you know quickly you know in addition to what we have is you know for our law enforcement officers um that you know might be listening um special agents we have an additional rider available with the policy um it's called leosa coverage it's the law enforcement officer safety act and this is a a, a law that you know that allows federal agents um it's active and and retired agents to carry their weapon concealed so we have a rider policy that you know picks that up you know if you're out there you know shopping at a 7-eleven you see something go down you have to act in, you know you know, we're going to try to say that's in your official capacity, but the Leosa coverage is designed to pick up those things that might, you know, kind of, you know, slip through, slip through the cracks, you know, fall through where the agency, you know, might, you know, might turn their back on you. I mean, a lot of federal, you know, FBI, you know, ATF, a lot of these agencies, you know, have, have 24 seven, um, you know, have 24 seven, you know, carry authority and they want you to act in emergency situations but you know sometimes you just you just never know <laughs> um you know what's going to happen and so for an extra 100 200 you can get you can get the the love the the extra leosa coverage so the final point i want to make before you know sort of you know wrapping up here um look there are three ways to get enrolled it takes less than five minutes you can just go to the website most people just go there fedsprotection.com You'll get emailed your your certificate of insurance, your reimbursement certificate. You can call us at 866-955-FEDS. But the most important thing I want to emphasize is you need to have the coverage in place or, it, you know, before the incident or event happens or coverage will not apply. I can't tell you how many people, look, you can't get in a car accident on Monday mm -hmm. at Geico and, you know, <laughs> and get your insurance on Wednesday from Geico, right? You can't, you know, you know the time to, you know, to get your homeowner's insurance is not after the National Weather Service, you know, names the hurricane or whatever, you know, metaphor and algae you want to use houses on fire. So you definitely, you know, want to get it, get it, you know, right away. I can't tell you many people that have said to me, look, look, I've been through one of your lectures. I just never got around to getting it. And then they you had to pay a lot to get legal representation. So, wow, that's all the time we have for our show today. Want to want to thank Eric for being here. Pleasure His inaugural, here. you know, trip, um, helping me carry the water today. Hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll tune in in two weeks for part two of this segment, where we'll have the attorneys of the law firm of Shaw, Bransford and Roth on to give us some of those real world case examples. Until then, have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody.